everyone, and thanks for checking out the Indie Handshake Wrestling Podcast. My name is Paul Ponte. I am joined today by the proprietor, booker, promoter, whatever words you want to use of the Underground Wrestling Alliance, UGWA, but more commonly and lovingly known as Agua. Anthony Trevino, how are we doing today? Doing great, man. Glad to be here. Glad you called it Agua, not Ugua. <laughs> it's a uh, very, um, what is it, like a... Uh, Eastern European thing, Ugua. Yeah, some, some people call it that. I just, hey, you know what? Whatever. Ugua. I love, I love the fact that it's just Ugua. I love that ch- people chant it. It's a, it's a good time. Let me tell you, man. When I first started hearing that chant, it bothered me. I hated it so much, but it grew on me. <laughs> it's. I, I like that it came uh, naturally. It really did. Yeah. It's like a chant, like, like some cavemen and shit. Just Ugua, Ugua. Yeah, I feel like whenever nicknames are forced, like they don't catch on, it's only when it's literally naturally is when it works out. But before we get into Ugwa, which we will, I want to know about the man, Anthony Trevino. I want to know how he, are you from San Jose originally, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Born and raised in East San Jose. All right. Um, I myself born on East Side Drive over there in the East Side, so. East Side Drive? R- really? Yeah. Well, then uh, the story is a, it's a perfect segue because the UGWA formed on Eastside Drive. Legit. No, no way. Legit. We behind the old Dairy Bell? Yep, right there. Behind the old Dairy Bell. Just kill them grass, grass, patch of grass and then go to the next patch of grass and kill that. Because we started front yard wrestling, not really backyard wrestling. We didn't have permission. We were just going to people's houses when they were at work. Wow. Yeah, I lived on a duplex on Eastside Drive for like the first like – Six years of my life. Nineteen ninety. <laughs> you might have been some little kid rolling by on a on a tricycle when we started this shit, man. Like, how old are you? Oh uh, no, I'm I'm old, man. I'm thirty seven, so I'm an okay, old man. Okay, maybe not then. Maybe yeah. maybe, you, maybe we would have tried to recruit you to wrestle for us back then. Yeah, if I would have stayed on the street, who knows? But you know, you're obviously everyone watches wrestling on TV, blah blah. But how do you find out about independent pro wrestling? Um. So we started. Backyard wrestling in 96, and that was basically our little tiny world. We were just doing that. We were wrestling in front of nobody for years and years and years, and we were just having a good time doing it. Uh, eventually, you know, we grew up, and a couple guys started uh, branching out to become pro wrestlers. One of those guys is uh, Dave Dutra, and he went and he won a scholarship, actually, for pro wrestling iron. Mm-hmm. there, And uh, then he left, and, and back then it was – like a mark of death to come from a backyard so we literally had to delete all footage that he ever existed in ugwa because we didn't want him to get buried right out the box you know we hid the fact he was from here but when he started wrestling in apw um like i went to a couple of his matches and that was cool then one day he hit me up and was like hey they need a camera guy can you come down here so me and one of the ugwa wrestlers went down there and we hopped on the camera and uh that's basically the first uh, the first steps into in- independent wrestling in the area for us, really. It was Cameron for APW. Right on. Yeah, I had a very, very similar thing. I started out helping out at Big Time Wrestling, and then I was doing camera at APW. So very similar, uh, <laughs> very similar openings into the world of indie wrestling for both of us here. Yeah. Good cameramen are hard to find. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Not so much and- now, I'd say. Now, now there's... there's- you know, there's a bunch of good cameramen out there, but back then it was like hard to find somebody that wasn't doing this with the camera, you know? Yeah. Although it is funny too, because we've been releasing so many old matches, uh, 
and so many times we're like, did no one tell the ringside guy not to stand in front of the hard cam? Like, why is this always happening? And I realized, I was like, I was like, dang, like people before like didn't really pay attention to that kind of thing. But now like I'm watching old footage and it irks me so bad. Oh, I, I feel your pain, bro. I do the same thing. I'll just get lost in like bad camera work and just like stop enjoying what I'm watching. It's hilarious. I'm like, what? you have the same angle as the hard cam. Why are you standing there? Move. Go to the side. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Speaking of backyard wrestling, did those those WWE remember the "Don't try this at home" with the, the with the sappy music? Those commercials they would play like on Raw. Whatever you do, don't try this at home. We're trained professionals. Did that work on anyone? Because everyone I know backyard wrestled. Yeah, was, I mean, we were backyard wrestling before there was a term backyard wrestling. Yeah, and then those backyard wrestling DVDs came out, and everyone was like. Ooh, what 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 is all this? Everybody was trying to get on that shit. Like I think yeah. we got like a fifteen second clip on there, and we thought we were like the bee's knees. We were like, yeah, look at that. We got fifteen seconds on like a little playlist of like people getting slammed on their head. We've made the big time, guys. Yeah, and uh, M Dog Twenty was on there as well. That was great. Uh, he was like the one who really broke out of that and really made a legit career out of himself. But definitely, definitely, somebody had to, right? Yeah, somebody's got to be the the Justin Timberlake of the group. So when you were uh, starting to watch, you know, indies, who who started to catch your eye in the Bay Area? Um, at that point, when uh, Dutra was uh, was like coming up, I think uh, Tim Thatcher was wrestling a lot over there. Uh, Adam Thornstow, uh, called uh, why is his name slipping my mind? Oliver John. I almost forgot his name for for a second. There. Big boy. John, yeah, he he's the shit. Like back then. Like those, those are the guys that I first saw, and I was like, these guys are like legit, like wrestlers, man. So uh, it, it just opened my eyes to a whole new kind of wrestling because I was really like, I, I had no idea that indie wrestling really existed other than like, you know, beyond the mat and shit like that. And like maybe like if, you know, an indie show was attached to a fair or something like that, I happened to be at the fair, I'd walk by, like, oh, all right, there's some luchadors over there, but I, I really didn't know shit about it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people watch Play on the Mat were just like, oh, so there's like a few of these here and there. And then once you start getting into it, you're like, oh, there's a shit ton of indie promotions. <laughs> and then there's a lot that last, you know, a show. So <laughs> that's about it because it's it's really hard to make money. So when you're doing backyard I'll, I'll shows. A lot of those popping up with that stimmy money in the next like few months. There you go. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I Everyone has horror stories, wrestlers on here, about like, so I did a show. It was the promoter's first time, and I was like, oh, I already know. It's like, you didn't get paid, did you? Nope. <laughs> it's just like, that's what happens. But so you're doing backyard shows. At what point did you decide we can transition this from, you know, a backyard show into like a legit quote unquote show? Uh, around 2012, um, well, around 2010, we started drawing a, a crowd. Like, we, we had like 150 people back there. It was mainly because we were doing baby oil bikini wrestling, uh, and we had a, and we had free beer, so that would bring everybody to the, to the show. But then they'd stay for the wrestling, and then by 2012, uh, we were like doing full fledged, you know, storylines wrestling every every two weeks. Had huge crowds back there, and there was just this moment where like it was our big payoff show, you know, Devil's Night, which is like our WrestleMania at the end of the year or our Halloween Havoc, I'd say, I guess. And, uh, you know, the big climax to a big storyline we did all year, like, finally happened. And the crowd erupts. And it's just, it's the craziest shit that I ever saw, where just this entire backyard is, like, rocking. And I was like, I think we got something here, you know? Oh, 
couple years after that, uh, we uh, we did the Sofa Street Fair in San Jose, and somebody from the Ritz saw us there, and then they offered us a spot in the Ritz, and we just took the backyard show into the Ritz, and we've been you know refining it over the years, but the first couple years at the Ritz was just backyard wrestling with a roof and good lighting, uh, but uh, uh, it's been a road, and we're finally I think reaching the point where I'd say we're 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 probably a real independent wrestling organization now i'd say i mean you're taking people bookings from you know people who aren't necessarily always in the area so i would say you know at that point you know what's the difference between a a quote real indie promotion and what you're doing if you got trained guys who are working in a real ring at that point it's kind of what it is right but you know it was a it was a long road to break the stigma but i mean like really the only thing that changed was a roof over our heads there you go uh, when you're doing backyards and you have, you know, 150, 200 people back there, um, how many times are the cops coming? And uh, have you had to, like, you know, refund everyone, break up a show, do that kind of thing? Ironically, the only time that that's ever happened was this very last uh, uh, yard show that we tried to book last month, which was going to be the last yard show. Uh, that was the only time that it got shut down before it even got its feet underneath it. Um uh, we came up from from like 2010 to I don't know what year. I guess 2015 is when we really kind of stopped doing yard shows and went straight to the Ritz. But uh, San Jose PD had a like they were really low on cops, so they had a no uh, noise complaint like response policy. Like if somebody's not squirting blood out of their you know or something like that, it's just like hey these kids are playing their music loud on a Saturday, then they're just like all right whatever we don't care. So we benefited from that for a long time and we never really got broken up. And like the one time I think the cops showed up, uh, we had a guy dressed like a monkey and a guy dressed like Michael Jackson wrestling in a wrestling match. So they walked back there, they saw that and they're like, all right, we don't need to be here. And they left very next match, the death match. And there was blood squirting everywhere. So if they would have been like 10 minutes later. That would have been a different story. Yeah. They were like, what the fuck is going on back here? Oh man, that's insane! I yeah, at that point you just go. It's like a birthday party, right? Like it's for kids yeah. or something. You could just yeah, lie. Just like Michael Jackson is a monkey. Look at yeah, it's just a bunch of nonsense. You guys can yeah. leave. <laughs> so now for the Sofa Street Fair, like, wh- how do you approach them? Do you just say like, "Oh, we're a wrestling company and we want to do pro wrestling"? Like, is that is that what you come up with when you uh, say, talk to they them? Actually, they actually approached us. Um, Interesting. Uh, Bill Mascara, who runs the that uh, the Sofa Street Fair and a bunch of like sofa activities in that area, he's he's like uh, like our fairy godfather. You know what I mean? Like he's like opened a lot of doors for us. He's the one that actually helped us get the uh, level up as well. Um, I approached level up, but I had no idea that before that, <clears throat> like literally the next the day before that, Phil hit them up and was like, "Hey, you guys should work with Ugla." And then I hit them up and I was like, "Hey, I want to do something with you." And they're like we just heard about you guys like and it just worked out you know so that guy like props to him he's uh pretty responsible for uh helping get eyeballs on ugly out there and uh how do you go about so you know you're, you're you're the booker man you're the boss man uh obviously you get to know a lot of these wrestlers how do you balance you know what is a friendly relationship with being you know the person that you know books them for shows i mean do you have ever have people who are like Hey brother, how come you haven't booked me in a while? <laughs> you know what I mean, like stuff like that, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, like for a long time, this shit was just for like 
shits and giggles. We were just, you know, it's just for my friends and we're having a good time. Um, I didn't take it very seriously until maybe about two years ago. Uh, that's when I like really was like, all right, I want to like live off this. Like, I don't want to like, you know, this is, I, I want to quit my day job, like basically. And then COVID um, happened. So perfect timing. Everything yeah, worked right, out great. Yeah, exactly. Well, we, 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 you know, we were getting it started like 2019. It was a very good year for us. And the beginning of 2020 was too. But, um, but anyways, I, I decided I wanted to, you know, take this shit serious. So I told all the guys that I had on my roster, all the yarders for all these years, I was like, look guys, like, you know, step up your game. It's, it's, it's time. You know, we've, we've been preparing for this for a long time. We're here. So it's either, you know, rise to the occasion or, you know, step aside. And some folks stepped aside and some folks rose to the occasion. And I, I hold that same uh, policy for all the pros that we bring in. And even though I become friends with a lot of these guys, if they're not holding their weight on the show, I'm, try, I'm trying to put it together the best TV show possible. If they're not holding their weight, then, you know, somebody else might come along and take that spot. Not to be a jerk or anything, but I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to put out the best product possible and make this whole area look good, you know? Yeah. And uh, you don't have to name any names, but are there people that like, you're kind of like, damn, I, you know, we were cool. They don't, I don't know why they have to be so bitter about it, but like, they just, now they're kind of like, they hold grudges because they're not getting booked or anything like that. No, not at all. Actually, okay. I don't think there's, any, there's anybody like that. Uh, thankfully, you know, every you know, there's a good crop of people around here. There, there's a lot of uh, like old timey, like carny shit yeah, that floated around this area for a long time. That kind of oh, thing yeah. weighed <laughs> it down, and I think a lot of those weights are starting to be lifted as uh, the the power uh, is kind of shifted around this area a little bit. Um, you know, we're not as low on the foot the totem pole as we used to be. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to be a positive, you know, representation for the, for the area, you know? Yeah. Is there anything that you thought, okay, since we're trying not to have this, this, the stigma of backyard, uh, is there anything that you're like, I definitely just don't want this kind of thing at the show anymore. Like anything that used to go on where you're kind of like, we, okay, that shit needs to get cut out. Like we can't, we can't, we don't want to, I don't know. You, 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 I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, the only thing I would say is like, I don't want people that are out of shape and shouldn't be in the ring getting blown up, you know, when, you know, I don't want that. But as far as content goes, like, I think wrestling's like, it's like 31 flavors. You know what I mean? You could have, you can have your dildos, you can have your death matches, you can have your flippy shit, you could have your catches, catch can style, you can have your like strong style, have it all in the exact same show. And if you, you pace it right and present it properly, you know, everybody will enjoy a little bit of everything. And if, you know, one of those things isn't their cup of tea, you know, go hit the bar that match, you know? Yeah, I like that style. Yeah, I've, you know, 31 flavors, that's a perfect way to put it. I always put it as like a buffet. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you want to be able to take, you want to be able to sample everything, you know? And also, uh, there there is a, especially when shows can run, you know, two, three hours, uh, sometimes watching the exact same match over and over again, that's 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 a bit of overkill, you know. I think the mo- the money spot for a wrestling show is like two hours and fifty minutes. Like if you can wrap it up at that point, like like I don't know, there's something like preconditioned from those old pay per view days in our brains to just be like, this is all the wrestling I can take at one time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And even then, you still need like an intermission, and you know, there and you gotta have the, the pick me up the or the the let me up match. Yeah, and you gotta have a little bit of fucking around, you know. You gotta have a little, a little promo time, you know, just a little bit of stuff to, to ease what's going on. And 
what do you think, you know, because you see Indies run and then you decide, okay, so I'm going to take this seriously, I'm going to do things. What are some of the things that you believe that Ugwa brings to the table that's different than what other Indies in the area bring? Um, what we bring to the table is we're outside the box. We're not trying to, like, a lot of places that I see out there kind of have this, like, WWE cover band-like style of, of pre- presentation. I want to present it as, like, Rocky Horror, like, or like a like a Alice Cooper concert. You know, I, 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 we have, like, a more metal vibe to it. You know, we're in a, you know, a concert venue where, you know, all these different bands play all the time at the Ritz, and we kind of adopted that style to it. You know what I mean? I, I want it to be a bigger presentation overall than just, uh, you know, like, I don't know what I see on TV every Monday nights and, you know, cause that's stale, you know what I mean? It, it, it fits its spot, you know what I mean? Like for a general audience or whatever, but that's not really my cup of tea. You know, I like to spice it up a little bit with wrestling. Like it's a very fluid form of, uh, of, uh, performing art, I guess. Okay. And what would you say, uh, Let's go with, because uh, these might not necessarily be on the same show. Uh, what do you think is your favorite show that Ugo has put on so far? And what do you think is your favorite match that you've seen in an Ugo show? My favorite show that we've put on, uh, it might be Devil's Night, uh, it's De- Devil's Night 15, the one that we have on IWTV. I start forgetting the fucking the order of the numbers and shit for all these. So it's either fourteen or fifteen, whichever one's on there. Uh, that shows top to bottom amazing. Uh, and then Megalomania, which is also on that Megalomania five. That was uh, that was the show that we ended up just by luck ended up having MVP on the show. Zicky Dice debuted on that one, and that was like the genesis of like the professional wrestling ugly. I think. Right there in that one. So you know what? I'm gonna yeah. I'll say Megalomania five. There we go. That's okay. my favorite. Favorite match. Uh damn. Maybe uh Dutra versus Matt Fury one was was possibly my favorite match. I mean that's probably a, got a little asterisk on it now because Matt Fury has been cast aside for reasons, but uh. Uh, yeah, but if you just judge that match on match alone, that match is amazing. Let's see if I can, how I can put this. So let's say, uh, you have a, a dream booking, you know, and you shouldn't say this because you're the booker and you don't want to have to overpay for someone, but yeah, but you want to, <laughs> <laughs> but, but let's say you can get like one guy from the indie scene that you really want to wrestle, have in an ugly show. Who would you, who would you have and who would you have him face off against? Um, well I had, uh, I had Chris Bay versus Zicky Dice booked right before the pandemic. That sh- that was the show that got shut down right at the beginning, or at the uh, yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I had Tony Deppin booked to come out to wrestle uh, Dave Dutra. Um, I I don't know if the the Bay versus Zicky one's going to happen since Zicky moved out to to Atlanta, uh, to Georgia, but um, I'm, I still can pro- I'll still probably try to make that Deppin one with Dutra happen. Um, I want to bring uh, Daniel Garcia in. I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, you know, I can't really think of anybody else off top right now that I really want to have. I do have a, a big matchup coming for uh, well, I mean, 
the next show on 522, we got Juicy versus Dutra for the UGWA title. Stoked for that. That should be good. Yeah. Megalomania 6 is going to be 619. And uh, there'll be a debut there that's going to be kind of shocking for some folks because, uh, you know, back in the days, this was one of the people that was pretty vocal about uh, how we should all just uh, stop doing what we're doing because we're ruining the business. So, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be a surprise when we announce it. But that's a. They'll be facing the winner of Juicy and Dutra. That's an excellent tease. I love a good tease when it comes to a show. That's see, that's how you're a promoter, brother. That's there you go. That's 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 fantastic. So when you're promoting shows and you have these guys coming in that you don't necessarily know, all that stuff, has there ever been like any clashes of personalities uh, when you have an outsider coming in? And they kind of, you know, meet up with the guys who used to do be yarders with you guys, like that kind of thing. Um, there's, there's a couple cats in the area that are, uh, we, they asked to get booked for a long time. I was friendly with them. I finally booked them. And then they were just kind of jerks backstage, like all day. And just like, you know, didn't let the tag team they wrestled get like anything in on them. And then they just like buried the show afterwards. And then I was like, all right, I don't want to, I don't want to book these guys anymore. But then they just kept like, we continue to throw shade through year, throughout the years. So, I mean, I'd say other than those those guys, that's the only real, like, negative experience as far as uh, with bringing somebody in to book them. Uh, well, no, there's somebody else, too, that went off to go run show somewhere else far, far away. Uh, but we won't talk about him. But, uh, yeah, that was about it. Like, two two instances that I can think of in all these years, really. That's it. Okay. And... Uh- I don't know what it is too about indie guys. I feel like uh, sometimes they come in with like this crazy ego, and it's kind of like, hey, we're all we're all like, uh, we're not weird because I'm not in it, but uh, like I would think an indie worker would be like, hey, like we're all in the indie scene together. Like this is you know how punk rock this is. This is so great. Look at this camaraderie. And instead, they come in with like a big head. Like I don't get that. I don't understand it. But no, I mean, a, g- a healthy dose of ego is good, but. It's got to be like realistic and you can't let the ego overwhelm being like a nice person, you know, like, like nobody on the level of indie wrestling where you're wrestling at Ugwa should be uh, big timing anybody. Like if you're in that locker room, like that, that's silly to big time anybody. You know what I mean? Especially if, you know, you haven't done anything out there, you know, I'll, I'll take a level of shit. I remember uh, one time years ago. Uh, we were having a house party here at the uh, at the UGWA house, and um, uh, Bailey was here because she went to to high school with uh, one of our wrestlers, KP. She was here, and one of our bikini wrestlers was like talking to her or something, and she was like, like you know, Bailey's like, oh, I'm a wrestler. Then she was like, oh, I'm a wrestler too. And I remember Bailey's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, and then, you know, years later, she became a, a like a WWE champ. So I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll take that criticism. Yeah. Fucking WWE <laughs> women champs, like, talking shit to you. That's okay. You know, I'll take that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind especially when somebody's like uh, an indie wrestler, there's also a thing of like, there is a fine line where you're like, I've paid money to go to training. These bumps fucking hurt. And they're like, this person's coming telling me they're a wrestler. And I can understand someone's being like a little bit frustrated, being like, oh, well. Yeah. Mm, so know, I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, because that was just, you know, big oil bikini wrestlers back then, you know, 
they're not real wrestlers, but you know what? They they drew better than most real wrestlers. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of going into that, uh, you know, probably something that, you know, wouldn't be going on today of uh, baby oil bikini wrestling. But uh, you've you've actually uh, have a very, uh, you know, I love the crass yet very progressive message of hashtag more gay shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, wrestling is gay, all that good stuff. Uh, was that a, you know, like a specific effort you wanted to make sure to be like, hey, this is this is an all inclusive thing. This is something that, you know, we want to make sure people know that this isn't like the old boys club of like homophobia and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're trying to let everybody know that, you know, we're we're open to everybody. You know, come if you're into wrestling, that's all. That's the only prerequisite, basically. And San Jose is basically like that in general. If you go to like downtown San Jose, the atmosphere is very accepting of all types of people. Um, you know, one of our, our main wrestlers, KP, uh, he, he runs the Circus of Sin, uh, which is a, a burlesque show out of the caravan. Uh, they've been they've they've gone online, you know, during the pandemic and everything. But, uh, you know, he, he brings a whole different kind of audience. And that whole more gay shit thing is really what revolves out of out of him. You know? Yeah. And speaking of, you know, the San Jose area with with promoting wrestling. You know, there's been a lot of talk with uh, the Bay Area, you know, the island, the yeah. uh, the island of wrestling, the, where wrestlers don't get their due. The yeah, wrestlers don't get their due. They have to leave. They have to go to Atlanta. They have to go to Florida. They have to do all this. Why do you think that is? Uh, and what do you think people can do to try to break out of this, this island mentality of the Bay Area? Um, For, for a long time, I think... Uh, the promotions out here were just happy with drawing a house. Um, they weren't really like, you know, they were filming the shows, but I mean, nobody was really releasing any footage. So nobody saw it, but the people that were there. So how is anybody anywhere else going to give a shit if they can't see it, you know? And that was just the way it was for a long time. It seemed like, you know, and that's something we've always tried to do is just like, like get stuff out there, you know, put a, put a match on YouTube every once in a while at the very least something, you know, get your stuff out there and, and put, put some effort into the production. You know, don't just throw some like terrible angled out, you know, stuff out there. Don't put anybody on your camera, like try you know, take some pride in the way that it looks, uh, try to draw some eyeballs to it, you know, and that's, that's what we try to do at least. Yeah. And you put it on a, uh, you have it on independent wrestling.tv, right? So yeah, how you got that? And uh, our YouTube channel, yeah, there and, you go. and a website coming soon. Yeah, I always, I always thought about that when it came to like Pro Wrestling Iron because that was there helping out at Pro Wrestling Iron in the beginning. Uh, and I'm just thinking about it, like you know, obviously it was different then. There wasn't like you couldn't just stream wrestling anytime you felt like it. There was no WWE Network, so there was no idea of like, oh, we could just put wrestling on the internet and everyone could just watch it an entire show. You know, you don't have to do tape trading or any of that bullshit. Uh, so I thought like you know, I'm thinking about like the pro wrestling iron show were like, imagine if they had live streaming capabilities and they're like, we're going to have a live stream pay-per-view. We have Misawa, we have Ogawa, we have all these guys. And I'm like, Oh my God, the money <laughs> that you could make off of that. As opposed to back then when it's like, they made nothing off of it and it sucks. But I guess, you know, the times they, print, they printed 120 DVDs, you know, and that was it or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. And how, have you got? Have you noticed a particular uptick in like once you were actually on independentwrestling.tv as far as like subscribers, followers, or just merch buying or anything like that? Um, I think 
we, we probably need to get a little bit, a few more shows out there on, on the, there before that'll really start hitting. Uh, what helped a lot is um, trying to get as many photographers and stuff like that to come to the show so that there's just content constantly getting pushed out, you know, from whenever we do stuff. Um, that helps a lot. Uh, I would say uh, finally figuring out how to use Twitter uh, helps a lot because for a long time I was just grandpa mode and I was just like, I'm not, you know, I just had, we, there was an ugly Twitter that was just floating there in the, you know, in the internet. But I finally, you know, started utilizing that and uh, learning to use that a little bit helps with network quite a bit. Yeah. Wrestling, wrestling gifts, huge on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, by the way, I uh, wanted to personally thank you uh, for have, putting on a show because uh, getting to photograph wrestling again oh, uh, was something I missed so badly. <laughs> it, was, it felt so good to just be like, ah, this is, I can't getting believe a, it. Getting to write wrestling again too, man. I'm, I was fiending, dude. I like was had like books and binders of things written in various scenarios because I didn't know who was going to be on the roster. I just couldn't help it. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I literally cannot help but to like – shoot like wrestling bookings and storylines out of my ass like all day every day yeah this is my that was my first ugly show the last one uh the among the living show uh because it was always one of those things where i was like oh i'll go to one of these eventually like you know what i mean because like when something's around all the time you take it for granted it's like why i've never been to alcatraz because it's always there and i'm like one day (laughs) but if one thing covid taught me was that like me going, I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't go to anything, and it drove me insane. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, brother. Uh, we're going to go ahead and enter the next segment of the podcast, the Take It Home segment. Uh, okay. Speaking of which, have you ever had to rush out and tell someone to take it the fuck home because they were going too long? Oh, all the fucking time. <laughs> I, I, my, my, one of my best friends, Ogman, if... I'll usually send him to the ring, which is the most non-conspicuous thing you can possibly <laughs> do. Cause I'm sending like a, six, four, you know, black dude out there in a purple sweater, you know, and he's reaching into the ring and grabbing the referee. And it's like, Oh, that's not, you know, you know, that's not, you know, inconspicuous at all. And then he's like telling him like, tell him to wrap it up. And then, <laughs> so if you ever see him walk out there, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I won't say who it is, but there is a local promoter who uh, I saw, pacing back and forth because the wrestlers weren't taking it home and eventually he just kind of walked up to the ring and just went take it the fuck home <laughs> right in the middle of a show and uh yeah it was a lot of fun but you know i laughed i thought it was hilarious but all right uh this one kind of is just an all-around wrestling question you know this kind of has to do with you know big time wrestlers or indie wrestlers whoever whoever you're thinking of uh if andre is the eighth wonder of the world who are the seven wonders of wrestling for you the seven wrestlers who you think these people embody wrestling for me seven wrestlers all right let's go with uh go with bret hart go with eddie guerrero we'll go with uh sandman we'll go with uh owen hart uh go with uh Huh. Ray Mysterio. Um, let's throw uh, Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude. Such a great, such a great mix of different people. I love that you have Mr. Perfect and the Sandman in the same grouping. I friggin' love that. That's my favorite. All right. Uh, 
How far have you taken Agua out uh, out of San Jose ever? Uh, we ran a show in the Gilman once in Berkeley. I think to this day it's still the only wrestling show that ever happened there. Um, it wasn't an official Agua show, but it was an Agua show. Okay. Um, uh, that we ran a show at an art show in San Francisco called Oddtropolis. That was odd. That crowd was there for uh, like a little hipster art show, and then all of a sudden we gave him a death match with Guido. There so, you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, that's about as far as we've gone so far. I am planning to expand. Um, uh, I'm, I'm working on Vegas. So, okay. Yeah, I got to get my my jean my jeans suit ready. You know, my uh, jean jacket, so I can go in there like Randall Flagg and stand. Well, if you've ever uh, traveled with any wrestlers or anything like that, or any road stories that involve wrestling with you, um, some road stories from wrestling. Damn, probably not. I don't got anything too exciting. Um, I I, I remember at a uh, at one of the West Coast shows right before the pandemic shut down. Me and KG are like sitting at a table at the commentary table uh, before the show, and then. I feel something brush my leg under the table and I look at KG and like, he's looking at me like kind of the same way I'm looking at him. And then the table starts moving and then uh, we're like, what the fuck? And then AJ Gray just emerges from under the table (laughs) where he was sleeping. Um, (laughs) That's a weird story. That one sticks with me. Um, That's all I got. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned writing wrestling and I always say that wrestling is a very creative thing when it comes to storylines or even, you know, crafting matches and everything like that. If not wrestling, what is your creative outlet? Uh, I'd probably be writing comic books if I wasn't writing wrestling. I pretty much am writing comic books, but with human beings instead of fictional characters on a page. Uh, It's, if, if you if you watch enough Ugwa shows back to back to back, you'll see like if you watch every uh, show that we have on IWTV, there's a progressing story arc from beginning to end that you'll notice. And uh, I, I try really hard to have story arcs and like payoffs for everything, and everything matters, and everything leads to something else, um, which is a very comic booky thing to do. What is your favorite move or hold? Uh, my favorite move when i was actively wrestling in the in the old yard uh i did a flatliner i called the slashback uh so i'll say that's my favorite move um yeah there you go okay uh obviously agua is a is a riotous raucous event what are some crazy fan interactions you've had at agua events oh shit um Crazy fan interactions. I'm like trying to think back to the yard days. Um, I remember there was a, a wrestler at a yard show who uh, took a fan into our shed, and they were doing something in the shed, uh, and uh, fans were surrounding the shed and chanting the wrestler's name <laughs> while I was in there. Uh, that was a silly time. Um, I'm telling you, those, those old yard shows, man. That, that was that was like some like Motley Crue, like backstage concert shit going on. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think what else, what other weird fan interactions have we ever had? I don't know. That's probably at the top of the list, man. I can't think of anything else. Our fans are pretty cool, man. They get it. You know, 
Like I always say, like we don't have re- well, we're starting to get more wrestling fans, but for the longest time we didn't have wrestling fans. We had Ugwa fans, and like most of our fans had no idea that any of this other stuff even existed. <laughs> Anyone ever get uh, too drunk and get, either get handsy with any of the talent or try to get in the ring? Uh a couple times maybe, but they, we can usually talk them down pretty easily. Like it wasn't like some crazy, like, you know, shit show where they got the, the shit beat out of them. Uh, like, no one went Scott Hall on them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we can usually guide them down. Like, no, you're not doing that. Come over here. You don't want to get in that ring. Those wrestlers will kill you. When you're, uh, when you're, when you're booking wrestlers and you have them working in the ring, uh, what's the one thing that you hate to see in a match? Like when two wrestlers get in there and like they do a certain, whether it's a certain spot or just a certain thing where you're like, ugh, like I can't stand when people do this. I prefer if they just cut this out entirely. Um, I hate that like nerve hold on the side right here when it's like, ah, I hate that move. Um, I hate the stinger splash in the corner. Um, what? There, there, I had a rule for a while that you weren't allowed to do stinger splashes just because, like, <laughs> I had so many people that were just doing it just instinctively. It was like, do a back elbow in the corner or something, fucking anything else. But um, I don't know. Those, those are just a couple moves that, like, I don't like very much. I don't like the schoolboy roll-up. If you're going to do a roll-up, like, for a pin, like, there's way fancier roll-ups. Do something flashy for a second. Don't just do the old, oh, you know, like. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, I, I I always laugh because uh, I forgot who was talking about it, but somebody was just like, you know, the roll up, the surprise roll up finish is just really dumb because are they positing that that in the middle of the match someone just wasn't paying attention, so that's why they got pinned, like not because they were too tired, not because you know what I mean, like they got finished, like it's literally they were just like, whoa, oh no, a three count, how, like they flipped on a banana peel and shit, you know what I mean, like yeah. there's so many cool roll ups, like do like a my style cradle or something fancy just to like, oh, and I locked them in it, you know, then they won. Uh, when's there? When has uh, you booked someone at at a show and they legitimately surprised you in the ring? Maybe you heard something bad about them before and they turned out to be amazing or something like that, where you're just like, wow, I wasn't really too familiar with them or just anything where you were like this person, I could not believe this person did this. I know exactly the spot. Um, if you watch our rumble at the Ritz, is it three? I think the one that's on a uh, IWTV, uh, there's a, there's a guy in that in the rumble, his name's sick case. All right. Uh, somebody called out and I just needed a fill in guy. Right. Uh, he had wrestled with some of my guys up in stack and I wasn't super familiar with them. Uh, but I was like, I was like, all right, you got like four minutes in this thing. You're going to like come in, come out. That's it. You know? And in that four minutes, he like stole the entire show, you know, in four minutes. Cause he came out and walks up to KP and he's like, oh, I'm such a big fan. Can I suck your dick? <laughs> And he's like, fans, he's like, can I suck his dick? And the fans are all, suck his dick. So he like drops to his knees and then KP pulls out his giant dildo. And then right before he does it, he like, he looks at it and he just, he's like, well, but he spits on it. And it's like the moment he spits on it, the whole crowd just erupts. And I'm just like, this is the, I can't believe this is happening in a wrestling ring. This is hilarious. <laughs> and like, and he, and from that point forward, I booked him. Um, he had to, he had to retire because of uh, medical reasons, but I mean, he, he earned a spot on the show after that, like on every yeah. show afterward. Way to know? maximize your minutes. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, has there been a time, and the, I only ask this, this is not a judgment on you, I only ask this because I always ask every wrestler, has a booker tried to stiff you on money? I will ask you, have you had to stiff anyone on money ever before? Uh, no, I try not to. Good. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. How Inverse that, have you ever had somebody be like, Hey, I know we agreed on this much beforehand, but do you think maybe we can get a little bit more? Maybe they, they saw the house was big and they were like, oh, maybe I could try to squeeze a little more out of this. You know, not really. You know, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty stern about it. You know, I'm pretty cut and dry when I'm like negotiating with folks. So it's like, you know, we get it all laid out beforehand. You know, nobody's ever tried to pull any shenanigans on me. You know, that's good. Uh, what's a mistake you made? Uh, running Agua that turned out to be in like the better before because of it. Like you thought, oh man, I can't believe like this thing got canceled, but then we had to do this, or maybe someone canceled on you, but then blah, blah, blah. Either way, just something that happened that you thought at the time was something that sucked and then it ended up being a good thing. Uh, well, I mean, the whole pandemic kind of worked out for us because we like kind of went into overdrive with like putting shows out and everything like that. Uh, and it really gave us enough time to like prep for this. You know, it, it gave us a pause. We didn't really need the pause, but it gave us the pause and we kind of sprung back like a rubber band from it. Um, so, I mean, I'd hate to say, you know, the, this whole thing with the pandemic, but that's really all that I could think of right, right off the top. Okay. Uh, what's the hardest you've laughed at an indie show? Uh, that that uh, dildo spot that I was talking about earlier might have been it, dude. Because like I was literally up, like me and KG were both like crying up in the commentary. <laughs> I think you could you could hear us like like we're like holding the mics away, but I think you can still hear us like laughing. And uh, you know, you book a lot of guys, you see a lot of guys, you've been to other indie shows, so this isn't necessarily an ugly thing. It could be an any indie thing. What is the worst gimmick you have seen? The worst gimmick that I've seen in wrestling. Fuck, it's probably something I booked myself, man. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I can't, I can't think of anything really bad off the top of my head. Um, yeah, because you, because you know the thing, the thing with the with a gimmick is like a bad, uh, the worst gimmick you've ever seen on one guy can be the best gimmick you've ever seen on another guy. You know what I mean? So it's it's really like a combination of the the performer and the, you know if, how much they're feeling the, the character or whatnot. So like there is no such thing as a bad gimmick, just a bad performer. Okay. Uh, what about as far as gimmick, as far as you know um, gear? What are some uh, overused gear right now that wrestlers are doing, or just gear that irks you? Uh, I'll give an example. For me, uh, if you wear kick pads and you don't throw kicks. What are you doing? <laughs> so for me, that's my my little irk. Where like I see a guy with kick pads and he throws no kicks, I get upset. <laughs> I I used to wrestle in a Converse uh, cut off t shirt and some jean shorts, so I'm not too uh, critical about people's wrestling gear. So you um, you wore the early 2000s uh, indie special gear, yeah, the, uh, yeah. jean shorts and a cut off t shirt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not too critical of people's gear. You know what I mean? People wear what they can wear. You know, like I still got some guys wrestling in t-shirts and garbage bag pants on my show. So you know what I mean? I'm I'm more of the performance. You know, the gear doesn't bother me too much. Oh okay. yeah, that's on. If they want to look silly as fuck in there, that's on them. 
I still don't know how uh, Kevin Owens got away with wearing a T-shirt on WWE TV, to be honest with you. I still think... That's basically my gear that I used to wear, you know? Just, my panza wasn't quite as, as round, but it was close. Yeah. I still think, like, somehow it's under the radar. Like, someone... He's he's convinced someone that it's it's a specialized T-shirt made of something. Because <laughs> I don't understand. He went on underneath. There's yeah. gear underneath, at least. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of already went over uh, this one, but... Uh, as far as guys thinking they're bigger than the show, uh, as far as wrestlers, maybe let's say, actually, let's let's go into this one because we already talked about wrestlers who were thought they were bigger than the show. Uh, has there been a time when maybe you know, uh, in, you know, San Jose, the Bay Area, brother, Indies are snug, brother. Everyone loves to work snug, and it's great. I love it. I think it's you know, I love hearing that sound when a forearm really pops that 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 side of the neck. Uh, but has there been a time when uh, maybe a wrestler got a little overzealous in the ring and you kind of had to deal with like a maybe backstage, like, hey, it's okay, guys. It's, uh, there's no reason to get pissed. Anything like that? No, man. Like, everybody's like, like they're into it, man. You know, I mean, we got death matches on our shows, like, regular. Like, we're, we're taking it easy at level up because it, it's all ages, which is something new for us. They serve food and stuff. So people aren't trying to have like light tube shards in there, you know, and they're chili or whatever yeah but uh no one wants blood in their tater tots it's uh exactly yeah <laughs> so uh we're taking it easy but i mean like we got death it's it's hard for somebody to cry about getting a little snug when the next match is about to get a gusset plate in their forehead you know what i mean like puts things into perspective i suppose that's true yeah <laughs> uh speaking of which uh uh about about working snug and everything actually no that's not even what the transition is I just wanted to ask uh, why you didn't end up continuing wrestling. Um, well, I'm, I'm five, six and 150 pounds soaking wet. Uh, and, uh, you know, I started backyard wrestling when I was 12 and we learned the hard way back then. You know what I mean? There was no, there was nobody showing us how to do things properly. We were trial and error. So there was a lot of neck bumps like on solid ground and I fucked my neck up pretty bad doing it back then. And, uh, I, I just, I, I wouldn't hold up physically, you know what I mean? And I, I'm better as the, the, the brains of the operation. You know what I mean? I, I write a better wrestling match than I perform. That's for sure. Okay. And, uh, I will finish off with this. I call it the touchy feely question of the podcast. It is your pure joy in wrestling. The moment during, a show where you get the goosebumps, you get you get this wave wash over you. We're like, this is why I fucking love wrestling. This is why I love the business. You know, there, there, I expect certain uh, emotional, or I'm trying to pull certain emotions out from like each story that we write and things like that. And whenever something hits the way that I like mean for it to hit, and the crowd makes the the noise that I want, it's like I'm like playing music. You know what I mean? And uh, like every time that that happens, and it pans out you know they gasp when i want them to or you know anytime i get that that control over their emotions for that split second like i dig that shit you know it's it's, it's a trip fantastic well thank you so much please put yourself over put over Agua. give us all that social media all that good stuff and future events uh we're gonna we're at official Agua on twitter we're at hail Agua on instagram uh just Ugwa on Facebook for, for all the old folks that are still on Facebook, uh, like my parents. Um, that's where they can follow us. Uh, but if you're cool, then, yeah, we're on all those other fucking platforms. Uh, we also got 
uh, three shows coming up. Uh, 522, a new level from Level Up. Uh, 619, Megalomania 6 from Level Up. And 717, Name to be Determined, uh, coming up. So there's uh, three more shows for, for the summer right there. Uh, come support. Um, you know, tickets are 40. The second that we're able to just open up the gates, the price will drop on the tickets, I promise. Uh, but, you know, we got to, if you, if you want quality, unfortunately, 40 bucks. I, I feel I feel guilty charging 40 bucks, but it is what it is. But uh, come on out, uh, grab some, uh, some grub, at level up, play some video games, and watch some Ugla. There you go. And plus, great beer, good times. It's a good, Here, you know, yep. it's good everything. It is yeah, funny though, because nice. I'm I'm a total like uh, kind of a beer snob, and it's funny because I was there, and I was like, oh, uh, what's that beer right there? The guy's like, oh, it's an IPA. I was like, oh, was it like a hazy or is it like? And he's just like, ugh, and he, and he like just went and poured, <laughs> and he just and he grabbed a little bit of. He's all here, like for me to try, and I'm like, okay, my bad. <laughs> it was hella funny. I was like, all right, I get it, I get it. This guy's like, dude, just. The guy's like, dude, I just serve in the beer, man. What do you want from me? <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun, though. I had a great time. I thought it was fantastic. It was great having you on the show. I appreciate Thanks. you being on here. Uh, please, everyone, check out Agua. Check out all that stuff. And remember to keep an eye out for that big announcement about that surprise uh, We will be announcing the uh, surprise at the next show. It will happen at some point on the next show. We will have a, a, a video call-in from that person. And we will present who it is at that point. A video run-in, brother. I love it. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you for being on. (laughs) 